Chapter 3, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Quote marks, I believe in the Holy Spirit, 136. What does the church mean when she confesses, I believe in the Holy Spirit? Jack? To believe in the Holy Spirit is to profess faith in the third person of the Most Holy Trinity who proceeds from the Father and the Son and is worshipped and glorified with the Father and the Son. The Spirit is sent into our hearts so that we might receive new life as sons of God. Seems extremely uncontroversial to me. I mean, that's just sort of a description. It's hard to... We've established the Trinity, that's fine. There are three persons in the Trinity, okie dokie. The third person proceeds from the Father and the Son. Yeah, that's that was what I was alluding to, mm. there, James, yeah. Filio Quay. Mm. Um, when did we decide that was true? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously, for those who aren't aware, this is just sort of like a debated point in the creed, I suppose, between the Orthodox and the Catholics. I would say hotly rejected. Hotly rejected by the Orthodox, but not by us. So, essentially, so the, the, the second creed, so we spoke about when we started doing this, there's the Nicene Creed, and there's the Nicene Constantinople Creed, which, which happens at the Council of Constantinople mm. shortly after Nicaea, and that's where the third part is elaborated. This is the Holy Spirit part, yep. um, which did not include initially the words and the Spirit, filioque. How many hundreds of years later did we invent that? It wasn't that long. I can't okay. actually remember. It was, I think it was the 5th or the 6th century. And what happened was there was a specific heresy in Gaul in the West, yeah. which was regarding the Holy Spirit. I can't remember the details of it, to be honest. I should have looked that up. Um, but so what happened in the West was the, the Pope like, said, okay, well, what we're going to say and the Spirit mm. because... And it wasn't sort of like a, a way to raz the Orthodox or anything. It was assumed that this would be fine. Um, and so this became the done thing in the West. It was also, I mean, the Orthodox in the West were in communion for 500 years after this, right? So it wasn't so, like, disgraceful yeah. that they were like, oh, we're not even in communion with each other. We kept hanging out. Yeah, there was still communion that was, like, more or less there between the, the next five centuries. I have heard... Arguments that seem compelling to me as someone who doesn't speak especially good Latin and speaks no Greek whatsoever, that this might be a Latin-Greek differential because scripturally Christ says, I will send for you a paraclete. And the paraclete we read, and I think the Orthodox read as well, yeah. as the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I yes. So if he's sending it, it seems like that's... When you send something, it proceeds from you. I mean, look, in terms of... Is that of, unfair? Yeah, well, like the, the, the contemporary sort of like take on this by theologians in both the East and the West, or at least, at least the reasonable ones, are that this was probably a sort of linguistic difference that has been miscommunicated. And, and, and also it became a sort of like political punching bag, mm. like a very convenient excuse to sort of like air dirty laundry, um, where there was all sorts of other political stuff happening between the East and the West. And this became the sort of like the scapegoat for it all. Right, um, bit of a fault line. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, it's it's a, it's a, like when the Pope has gone to um, Constantinople or Istanbul now and celebrated the liturgy with the ecumenical patriarch, he has said the creed in Greek omitting the filioque, right? And, and, and the Eastern Rite Catholic churches who say the creed in Greek mm-hmm. normally say it without the filioque. Okay, um, and, so, and the Catholic Church is fine with this. I don't suppose when those patriarchs come on over to Rome, they're good enough to 
edit in? I don't think they generally say it in Latin. Okay. I, th- I think like, yeah, well, because also Latin's not part of their heritage, whereas Greek is part of ours, right? Like, I mean, Latin should be part of their heritage because it was still Rome, even though they were speaking... Well, Greek. I mean, well, so, for example, the Roman liturgy adopted Latin quite late, I think like the 3rd or 4th century, okay. as the official language of its liturgy. And the um, Vulgate comes at a similar... Yeah, and that all happens afterwards. But, like, initially, the, the lingua franca of the ancient world was Greek, right? Like, that's what the educated classes spoke. And so, in Rome, the... the that's why we have the Kyrie Eleison, Christe Eleison, Kyrie Eleison. Yeah. That's Greek. We still have it in our liturgy because it was originally part of the liturgy in Greek. So when they destroy the Latin Mass, we will just get to move to an older, more beautiful form of the Mass. Let's just in go Greek. Ancient yeah. Greek. Let's just go back. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Huzzah. Look, by the time this comes out, it would have happened already. Um, so, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we should move on. <coughs> I think we'll have to. 137, why are the missions of the Son and the Holy Spirit, although who knows what our prayers can do. Well, we'll know by the time this comes out. Why are the missions of the Son and the Holy Spirit inseparable? So we talked about this before. In the indivisible trinity, the Son and the Spirit are distinct but inseparable. From the very beginning until the end of time, when the Father sends his Son, he also sends his Spirit, who unites us to Christ in faith, so that as adopted sons we can call God Father. The Spirit is invisible, but we know him through his actions when he reveals the word to us and when he acts in the church. Isn't he a bird that's on fire? We're about to get to the names and the symbols of the Holy Spirit. 138. What are the names of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the proper name of the third person of the Most Holy Trinity. Jesus also called him the Paraclete, the Consoler or the Advocate, depending on translation, and the Spirit of Truth. The New Testament also refers to him as the Spirit of Christ, of the Lord, of God, the Spirit of Glory, and the Spirit of Promise. And for example, we used to say in the West, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, yeah. right? Like so, And that's a sort of like evocative way of the ghost. Him. Yeah, exactly. He's the ghost of Christ, essentially, you know. He's like that which comes of the love between the Father and the Son. Exactly, yeah. I assume we're getting to that. Well, we've already sort of covered that, but yeah. I think oh. we should plug on to the symbols. Well, because, yes. Yeah. But it, it is worth, yeah, the fruitfulness. Their love must have some sort of fruit. In, it's in, in, in the Western theological tradition, that's certainly how we view the Holy Spirit as, as a sort of like, yeah, the Father begets the Son, the love between the Father and the Son begets the Holy Spirit. I mean, it sort that's, of looks like... The son between the father and the son. I don't want to be perverse here, but it's you know in the same way that a filial, the the son proceeds from the father. Yeah, uh, it is a generating love. Yeah, uh, I mean, usually the un, the obvious thing that comes about with love between two people that generates something is parental. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's why the Trinity is is the sort of like is a model of the family as well, right? Which is like in, in, in the Trinity, in the structure of the Trinity, we see how life ought to be lived, which is a life of self-giving love. Yeah. And what proceeds from the Holy Spirit and the Son? Their love as two parts of the Trinity. This is where we branch out into my... Right, but like this is where the, like the Son being the self-image of the Father. Right, like this, this, and we've spoken about this before. Yes, I don't. We don't need to rehash. It's yeah, yeah. mysterious. Yeah. It's hard. It's long. It's beautiful. All right. The symbols. What symbols are used to represent the Holy Spirit? There are many symbols of the Holy Spirit. Living water, which springs from the wounded heart of Christ and which quenches the thirst of the baptized. Okay. Anointing with oil, which is the sacramental sign of confirmation. 
fire which transforms what it touches, the cloud, dark or luminous, in which the divine glory is revealed, the imposition of hands by which the Holy Spirit is given, the dove which descended on Christ at his baptism and remained with him. Uh, so, of course, fire which transforms what it touches. Yeah, it does. Interesting. Well, because there's also fire which does not transform what it touches. What sort of fire is that? The burning bush that speaks to Moses is right. not consumed. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. Uh, I'd, I'd, there's like the, the, the church fathers went to town on the burning bush, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, what's happening here? Because it's also God speaking and they're like, is this the word? Is this the second person of the Trinity? Is it the third person of the Trinity? But it's also, it is, uh, I mean, that's where he says, you know, I am. Yeah. And it's by not consuming yeah. something, yeah. it is... Uh, uh, the continuation, the presence. There's not a. There's not a. There's not damage being done. There's I think you might be getting too abstract here, okay. right? Which is like fi- fire is a hey. sign of something. Where it's like yeah. a, f- a fire transforms the thing that it's ignited from and to and all that sort of stuff, right? Like it, and you know, like in modern physics or whatever, we have a more nuanced understanding of this. Like it's just like the rearrangement of stuff, and this goes back to Heraclitus and flux and all those sorts of things. So you're telling me. So, like, f- fire is a transformative sign, right? Like, and fire normally in the ancient world is used in this sort of way. Mm. So, like, the, f- the fire that does not consume is sort of like something that transforms, but you're, you're still left who you are. Well, it's transforming Moses at that point. Right, exactly, yeah. So, and we use, like, the image of fire because it's the, f- the tongues of fire at Pentecost that come down on the, on the apostles and Mary in the upper room. Fire. Yeah. So, so the other things I want to say is water. But also water, water and fire. Yeah, water and fire. Yeah. You think steam? Well, what's a ghost? <laughs> Oil. So, I mean, these are all sort of like primal uh, symbols in the ancient world. So the cloud. The do you want to use that? What's the, the Shekinah? The Shekinah. Yeah. Is this is the Shekinah the Holy Spirit? Yeah, and so it's a sign of the Holy Spirit as well, right? right. Like so, the the cloud that comes on the the mountaintop when Moses goes up. Sorry, the dove which descended on Christ at his baptism and remained with him? Yeah, because the spirit remains with him. Yeah. Did the dove continue hanging out? No, I don't think so. But the spirit certainly did. Yeah. But if he just had a little dove buddy? I mean, there He's are like, often doves. Like Link. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Pikachu. Hey! Like, you know what I'm... <laughs> I think Sam got my Legend of Zelda joke. Yeah, thanks, does, man. Did, does Link have a... Pig, he's got you? a little fairy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have an NC. Hey, you! Oh, yeah. If you'd managed to make a Final Fantasy VII reference, I would have got it. Mm, PS2 140. Uh, PS1. PS1. Mm. Oh, sorry. Don't have any of them now, though I'm loving the look of this Harry Potter game. <laughs> All binary people in that game, I imagine. I think you can play as a trans person in the game. <laughs> in that's 1800s so Hogwarts. Uh, that's so good. Uh yeah, exactly. I'm the bearded lady. <laughs> 140. What does it mean that the Spirit has, quote, spoken through the prophets? The term prophets means those who are inspired by the Holy Spirit to speak in the name of God. The Spirit brings the prophecies of the Old Testament to their complete fulfillment in Christ, whose mystery he reveals in the New Testament. But so, it obviously didn't mean that at the time to the Jews. That's not how they would have understood it. No, but it's the same thing as like we believe that the New Testament authors are inspired as we believe the Old Testament authors are. Right, to write. What, what do the Jews think is happening when they're talking to God? They're just speaking to the one... Right, well, the, yeah, so, but, that, but they do have an established idea, like a category of people, which they describe as the prophets, yeah. right? Like they, this is not 
a Christian sort of like looking back on things. The Jews consider that they have prophets. Yes. We're just saying, oh, well, it makes sense then in this other system that we've elaborated that that's actually the Holy Spirit that's who the, speaks through the prophets. That's how that's happening. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. saying the same thing is happening, but yeah. we're saying, yeah. yeah. All right. Ah, 142. No, 141. What did the Holy Spirit accomplish in John the Baptist? The Spirit filled John the Baptist, who was the last prophet of the Old Testament. Under his inspiration, John was sent to prepare for the Lord a people well disposed. He was to proclaim the coming of Christ, the Son of God, upon whom he saw the Spirit descend and remain the one who baptizes with the Spirit. So the prophets in the Old Testament are always doing the same thing, right? Like basically the story of the Old Testament with the prophets is Israel's always screwing up, mm-hmm. right? Israel's like starts worshipping pagan gods. The kings are behaving badly. They're, they're just always doing the wrong thing. And the prophets have to come along and be like, hey, God says you have to cut that shit out. Yes. Um, and they're always like, oh, we don't want to do that. And they always treat the prophets really badly. But then eventually the prophets are always right, right? Like so the prophets are always calling the Israelites back into faithfulness prophets are always right at the time that they're doing the calling back sometimes the prophets go sour at the end right. i'm thinking of noah who's a prophet for a certain amount of time i'm just i just want no, to he's say he's not included in the prophets is he not no he's a patriarch huh. yeah so, so who's who are the pro- list off some prophets man uh so there are there are the you know your testament there's like the 12 minor prophets okay. which is like amos and stuff like that and then there are the four major prophets, and that's Elijah, Elijah, Jeremiah, yep, um, Isaiah, Samuel, Isaiah. I think I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember. But like, there is a category of books in the Old Testament that yeah. are described as the, the prophets, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and they're always doing essentially the same thing. They're always calling Israel back to faithfulness with the covenant with God, which is like owing God true worship, mm-hmm. um, which they're always failing to do because they're always like getting into bar worship and stuff like that. Guy and the fish. Guy and the big fish. Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. Minor prophet? Minor prophet, I think. Yeah. I think so. That is what he, he's being sent to someone, right? To try and... Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure... It's the job of a prophet. If I'm remembering this right, he's being sent to a city that God said, I'm going to destroy the city unless you sort him out. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I don't really want to do it. And the prophets are very reluctant normally. Um and so he's he's got to go there and tell them, like, God's going to destroy the city unless you come back to faithfulness. And I think they do in the end from memory. I and am so I bad at the Old then, Testament. No, I believe he's <laughs> then embittered that God will not destroy them. I think they don't straighten up and fly right in the way that he wants them to. Right. And he's like, all right, now God will destroy them, and God doesn't. Yeah. And that's when God, like, gives him a, f- a fig tree to cover him in the shade yeah, and then destroys like it. And then it's like, you know what? I'm going to kill who I want to kill. <laughs> I'm God, baby. <laughs> so yeah, so the, the, the reason this is important is because John the Baptist is the last prophet, yep. right? Like, so he's he's but he's in the New Testament, but we talk about him as no the last one's prophet. calling Israel back anymore after this. Well, and because he's calling them to the truth, faithfulness to God, right? Which is like he's coming to to prepare the way for the Lord, yeah. And then he's like, oh, here's the Lamb of God. Here is the guy. I found him. It's all been leading up to this point. Yeah, yeah. And I now mean, Christ is a prophet. In a sense, I mean, in he a does sense, that in work, a sense, yeah, 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 he's not, he's not just a prophet, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then Christ comes and baptizes with the Spirit, which is what we're talking about—the Spirit. Yeah. So, because John's baptism yep. is just a baptism of water, not, yes, not salvific. Yeah. Man, we got onto baptism, me and this Protestant today. Uh, I don't know if that was included in the first cut. If we talked about James had a conversation with the Protestant today. 
Well, we can cut it out if it's not, and mm. we'll leave it if it is. But um, it was just a lot of. Ah, oh, see, that, he was like, he was like, how how am I saved? And I'm like, baptism. Well, I start by baptizing you. Yeah, I was quick enough to have that. Yeah. Um, old answer would have been form a personal relationship with Christ in your heart or yeah. something, something. But it's yeah, okay. First step, you want to be saved, baptism. And he was like, how am I baptized? I was like, we've got to sprinkle water on your head and we've got to read out this exact formula. Yeah. And he was like, that doesn't sound scriptural. <laughs> I'm like, well, in the scriptures, Go and baptize Christ is like, in my name. Christ is dunked underwater. Yeah. He's like, see? Dunked all the way underwater. Ugh. He's one of these. And I was like, yeah, I think that's why we need a tradition and a church so that we don't get hung up on things that aren't important. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but, oh, not to him. Yeah. No. Number 142, what is the work of the Spirit? I mean, how, how, how immersed is fully immersed? We're going to do baptism. We're for how long? That's a big topic. No, for how long do you have to be immersed, right? Does the water have Just to get up the nose? <laughs> how much of the skin? Because there's skin up the nose. Holding there's him down. The bum. Holding there's him down. Skin down the urethra. Just make sure that he's getting covered. 100%. Hold him down for at least water. 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Does time come into it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Put you in sour mood, clear this bottle, man. Well, I just to be. I've been in a. I've been in a dark mood for. I know you have. Yeah, yeah. But on Saturday morning, Sunday morning, sorry, I was in fine form after jumping off that jetty. (laughs) (sighs) Fixed me right, Australia. And I have something that I want to say because I've, I started reading Luke for Lent. Great. And I have something that I want to say after 142. 142, okay. what is the work of the Spirit in Mary? The Holy Spirit brought to fulfillment in Mary all the waiting and the preparation of the Old Testament for the coming of Christ. In a singular way, he filled her with grace and made her virginity fruitful so that she could give birth to the Son of God made flesh. He made her the mother of the whole Christ, that is, of Jesus the head and of the church, his body. Mary was present with the Twelve on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit inaugurated the last days with the manifestation of the church. So this is just like, I mean, as Catholics, obviously we love Mary because she's our mum. And why is she our mum? Well, because we're baptised into the body of Christ. Yeah. And so who's the head of the body of Christ? Jesus Christ. Who gave birth to Christ? His mum, Mary. We love her. She's the best. She's a great lady. All right, here's the thought I had while reading Zechariah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we're reading Luke, writing about Zechariah. Zachari- so we, yeah, we yeah. spoke about Mary agreeing with the, like she's asked a question. For Zechariah when he goes into the Holy of Holies and he's struck dumb. Right, like, cool. but that happens bef- immediately before, so uh-huh. the start of Luke. So we always talk about like, isn't it wonderful that Mary chose to cooperate yeah. with a Gabriel? Yeah. Or the I think it's the angel at yeah. that point. Is it, it might be Gabriel in another one. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely Gabriel with Zechariah. Yeah. And it's like, she's asked and she says yes. Yeah. Great. But then you read, like, just just before, Zachariah's like, doesn't even ask a big question. Yeah. Like, he's like the high priest. You're going to get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get pregnant. Ah. He's like, well, he just goes, like, what's that happening? Yeah. How's that happening with my old wife? And the angel's like, just for that? Like, quite tit for tat. Yeah. Just for that, you don't get to talk till it happens. Being smart, huh? Zip the lip. Yeah, yeah. But then with Mary, she too goes, uh, well, how's that happening since I'm a virgin? Yeah. And the angel's like, it's cool. <laughs> No, but I think I think that the, the I think it you're does quite right that there must be some difference. Between there is a the contrast question. between right, which, yeah. which is that like he's the high priest, so he's like the he's the top dog in Israel that year, right? Yeah. Like his whole job is to go into the holy of holies that time, and he's there in the presence of God, yeah. and an angel appears to him and tells him something amazing is about to happen, and he's like, "What? 
<laughs> and it's like, oh, like that's the guy who should have been like, yep. Yeah, like I, I believe this. I like I'm ritually pure. I'm here in the holy polys. Mary is this like very simple virgin woman, and the angel comes to her, and her first question is not like, "Who the hell are you?" She's like, "But how can this happen? Because I'm a virgin, and I've never well, had sex with a man." I think this is, well, I've never had sex with a man, and we would say I'm a virgin. I mean, I don't think it makes sense if she's saying, if she asks the question. All right, the Calvinists do this. They say. I'm a simple, humble girl, uh, and she's overcome. Yeah, she's an idiot. Yeah, she's yeah. an idiot. Well, yeah. I say she's she's a simple woman, and she's overcome there, and she asks a silly question because she's like, I'm she's get, she's engaged to someone to be married, and it would be easy for her at that point within their tradition just to say, oh, well, I guess that'll happen when I have sex with my husband. Yeah, but instead sure. she says, well, how's that happening since I'm a virgin? Yeah. Uh, but we would say, okay, she's going to be a virgin, and he's also a virgin. We would say with the church fathers, and they're just going to be virgins married together. We would, but we wouldn't but, necessarily Joseph is a virgin, but yeah. Man, I'm. I read a book on the book stand at mass where they were trying to make that argument. Yeah, who I, knows? It's yeah, not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. But we'll talk about it later on. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> I think there must be a more fundamental difference in their question. I was speaking about it with my wife as we mm. go through Luke, and this is what. I've come to, I don't know if this is backed up by anything, but Zachariah's question pertains to something that has happened scripturally before. Before. Yeah, exactly. An old woman becoming pregnant. Yeah. This happens with, with Abraham. Abraham's wife. Yeah, yeah. Is it Sarah? Sarah, yeah. Sarah. And so it's like he should be aware of that. Yeah. And that shouldn't uh, like a faith in the scriptures. Whereas what Mary is being And he's also raised with Mary. The high priest. Yeah, yeah. Mary in has, the Holy of Holies. Yes. Doing the thing that he does once a year. But Mary yeah. has Pledged to God, yeah. and to live out a promise to God, yeah. not to have sex, yes. Uh, and it's virgin birth does not take place no. previously in yeah. Scripture, yeah. So she's going, well, how are we marrying my fidelity to you and the thing you want me to do for you, which is exactly. being a virgin, yeah, and me getting pregnant? Hundred percent. This is that is that is a serious technical yeah. difficulty. But yeah. I thought it was funny that the I hadn't it hadn't occurred to me before that the formula, the angel appearing and saying, This is gonna happen with a child. Yeah. And they both go, I have a response. Yeah. And that those responses are then obviously in yeah. some way yes. in uh distinction with each other. And yeah. that one response one question is a bad one that is met with a punishment. Yeah. And one response is a good one that is met with right. explanation and consent. And yeah. Well and the other thing is like um, so, and he, Zachariah is dumb until the birth of John when yeah. he uh, spontaneously comes out with a, um, the canticle of Zechariah or the Benedictus, which is a passage in Luke that, that the church has included in its like morning prayer in Lords yep. ever since. Um, and similarly, like she so, gives us the, what's it called? But it's, yeah, she gives us the Magnificat. Yeah. My soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. And so, that, and that's her sort of like song of praise to god which she has immediately right like she has that like yeah like she's just like oh this is a great thing i don't have to wait like she like her faithfulness and her joy and her like it's all she doesn't have to sort of like ponder this and all sort of stuff yeah like zachariah has to go away and think about well, it well another know? one is that her not being struck dumb is also necessary if we think that she her answer is required. Yeah. Like a question is posed to her and when if she's struck dumb then, right, during the pregnancy, she doesn't have the opportunity to fully cooperate. Well, yeah, I Whereas mean Zechariah, yeah. who is not getting pregnant, right? It doesn't Assumably having sex with his wife and like yes, I mean Elizabeth's 
like conception is is miraculous only in the sense that she should and be him barren. just coming home and going like trying to explain what he's got to do. Well, yeah, he well, uses hand symbols. Yeah. <laughs> well, she is she's barren, yeah. but that doesn't mean they're not having a marital life, right? Like, sure. So there is a natural like what God is doing. Hey man, is, part of me looks forward to the barren uh, natural part of the married life that awaits us uh, at some point. You know, I'm very willing to help you if you want me to kick you real hard in the groin. I don't, and I think that would be wrong. <laughs> I would feel great about it, though. 143, what is the relationship between the Spirit and Jesus Christ, sorry, and Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus. in his earthly mission? Beginning with his incarnation, the Son of God was consecrated in his humanity as the Messiah by means of the anointing of the Spirit. He revealed the Spirit in his teaching, fulfilled the promise made to the fathers and bestowed him upon the church at its birth when he breathed on the apostles after the resurrection. Seems like a pretty accurate scriptural account. Let's just keep going. Uh, one, well, so it seems like a pretty accurate account of the scripture. Excuse me. 144, what happened at Pentecost? 50 days after the resurrection at Pentecost, the glorified Jesus Christ poured out the Spirit in abundance and revealed him as a divine person so that the Holy Trinity was fully manifest. The mission of the church, uh, the mission of Christ and of the Spirit became the mission of the church, which is sent to proclaim and spread the mystery of the communion of the Holy Trinity. So again, like this is an important point because like, what's the church for? It's for us to have that relationship with God, that communion with the Holy Trinity. And there's a quote, We have seen the true light. We have received the heavenly spirit. We have found the true faith. We adore the indivisible trinity who has saved us. Which is a Byzantine liturgy, Troparion, Troparion. of Vespers of Pentecost. And it does, frankly, sound a little, a little smug. Little, uh, little Eastern smug, mm. yeah. We are the ones who have it right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the other thing about that is like, and people hate that when you think that you have the truth. Yeah, they do. Because they think, well, you're a smug, arrogant narcissist. It's a conversation I had with a man earlier today. But I think like the, the important thing is to say, well, it's not because I'm good that I have found this, right? I've accidentally stumbled across this because God has called me to this, mm. right? Like it's... It's not my virtues that I'm preaching here. This is what Paul's all about, where he's sort of like, I can boast in nothing of myself. I can only boast in Christ yeah. risen. Um, it's like, it's not... When, I'm when you say, I'm not yeah. like, I'm not smug about When it, you I'm say, oh, people go, oh, what, thankful. you think you've got the truth? You go, thank yeah, like, goodness. Thank goodness I do, yeah. right? Like, yeah, and I want to share it with you because it's like, it's been so good for me. And it's not because I'm good that I have it. Like, I don't know why God has has worked the way that he has in my life. Um, but the, the thing I'm... Pointing to the thing that I'm actually proud of and boastful of has nothing to do with me, nothing at all, right? Like it's just like, oh, I've found this the secret cool thing, and I want you to know about some great bits in Orthodox here about this. Yeah, yeah. One forty-five, Jack. What does the Spirit do in the church? The Spirit builds, animates, and sanctifies the church. As the Spirit of love, He restores the baptized to divine likeness that was lost through sin and causes them to live in Christ, the very life of the Holy Trinity. He sends them forth to bear witnesses to the truth of Christ, and he organizes them in their respective functions that all might bear the fruits of the Spirit. Can I just say how fucking annoying it is when people within the church try to push their political agenda by saying, this is the Holy Spirit, in something that is clearly... uh, Clearly, you could have a discussion about whether or not it is, and both sides could say, I'm animated by the Spirit here. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're, you're talking about... Some from Leeds. We'll have to edit that. <laughs> sure, yes. I mean, there is... Yeah, I mean, that tendency is always there, obviously, right? It, and, yeah, I don't know what to say. I had a really... Man, I had one that... I don't care if we have to edit it. I had one that really got into my head this week in the in the parish bulletin where someone's having classes in the parish, mm. uh, the cathedral. Mm. And it's... He uses the expression, the way of Jesus. It, mm -hmm. That's class, like an old way of talking about A class about for people who are looking to um, have a mature spirituality yeah. in and follow the way of uh -huh. Jesus. Yeah. It, I'm sure there's a way to say that in a way that's not. I could just, There are about six things back to back where I'm like, fuck this guy. Like I could just tell by the way it was written. Well, yeah, I, I mean, don't want to be unfair. To, uh, early on, like first two centuries, it was it was called the way. Sure. Yeah. It's the way, but Christ says, because I, I am, am the, the way. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's there's a way to fr there's a way to phrase that. Whereas, like, this is a discipline that He's given to us as a great teacher, rather than I am joining the mystical body of Christ. Like there is, there is this, I understand what you're saying. There's a Christianese, right? Like a sort of, you know, like this is a sort of vernacular of Christian terms. Yeah. That, 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 and some of it's in here and some of it's not. And I, there's a way that it's used in a sort of like... Used when, a certain way, it has a certain smell. When people say, oh, we are church, they don't say we are the church. They mm. say we are being church or something like that. And you just go, ah, you know, like this is like mind-numbingly. Uh, a big one is when... Um, people drop definite articles on things. I, I hate that. <sighs> But anyways, I don't. When they add them, we say a yes to Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, there is no indefinite article in the Greek, so not as clever as you think you're being. So James in a bad mood. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but like the, the important points at this point, I wanted to stress is like so we talked about the Father and his role, which is to create. The son's role. What I'm trying to say is, who are, is anyone to claim that the Holy Spirit is working through them and that the Holy Spirit is on their side? I agree with you, James, yes. I just want to get away from griping and back to the catechism. Yeah, make a good point. Yeah. The spirit was not in me for that particular <laughs> The spirit outburst. was in me, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah big, so, big fruit of the Spirit. The, the Father creates, the Son redeems, and the Spirit sanctifies. Oh, I'm and how does the spirit sanctify? We'll take a break after that. It one. builds and animates the church, right? So, like, and and so, but the other thing is, like, well, like we, yes, wherever good things are happening, we do say the spirit is present, right? Like, and so, and it, we should not appropriate that to ourselves, but we should recognize it when it does happen. Mm. Um, so, and he restores to us the baptized through baptism, the divine likeness that was lost through original sin, um, and causes them to live in Christ, the very life of the Holy Trinity. So, th so it's by the spirit that we become connected in Christ and live in the Trinity, all that sort of stuff. So let's just finish this bit, James, and then you can go and spaz out outside. 146, how do Christ and his spirit act in the hearts of the faithful? Christ communicates his spirit and the grace of God through the sacraments to all the members of the church who thus bear the fruits of the new life of the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the master of prayer. And we're going to talk about sacramental grace and what that is and how that looks uh, in the next part. You can tell because half of that is in italics. It's the, the italic stories mean something important. So I think we should finish there, James. Thank you so much for um, being so pleasant. I am so sorry <laughs> for my attitude, and I'm gonna we're gonna have a break. And when we come back afterwards, I'm gonna have a renew. I'm gonna be renewed, renewed in, the renewed in the spirit. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't mind having a spirit. And um, <laughs> no, look, it's just fine. It's fine.
You definitely you need it's something. Fine. Let's just call it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>